Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to jump right into a major portion of Scripture. I'm going to be reading a lot of Scripture to, to start this off with, but I want to give you some context, okay? First of all, I believe that the Word of God is powerful. I believe that the Word of God should be the very essence of our living. I don't mean that in a legalistic sense. I mean that in the sense of drawing the grace of God from the Word of God, the empowerment that you and I need to continue living, to continue putting one foot in front of the other every day, continue pressing through the difficulties of life, the challenges of life. Um, Maybe I'm the only one. Anybody here realize that there's challenges in life? Has anybody experienced any? Let me see your hands if you experience any. The rest of you are probably on some kind of medication. <laughs> so, to give you the context of what we're studying tonight, I've got to give you some historical details here. Acts chapter 20 covers a period of, li- a period of, Paul's, a period of Paul's life where he had just spent three years teaching in the city of Ephesus. Ephesus, one of the biggest cities in the Roman Empire at that point in time. Um, People would travel from all over the Mediterranean world to go to Ephesus because of certain temples that were there and just certain lifestyle that was conducted there. It was very much like, like the New York City or the San Francisco of today. And so he's been there for three years. He's been teaching. And at this point now, he's preparing to leave what the Bible refers to as Asia. Today, when we say Asia, we think of China, we think of Southeast Asia. Asia, in the biblical sense, is usually referring to the area that we call today Turkey. So he's going to leave that area of Turkey where Ephesus is located, and he's going to be heading back to Jerusalem. Now, the time frame in this is they've just celebrated Passover, so we're talking about Easter time, Easter season, so it's in the spring, and he wants to get to Jerusalem before Pentecost is celebrated, which is 50 days after what we call Easter, what was referred to then as Passover. So we're going to pick up here in this narrative. Um, Luke is the one who's, who's writing this. He is obviously a first-hand uh, uh, eyewitness of what's happened here. And so he's going to record for us what the events are taking place and the things that Paul says to the individuals that he's coming in contact with are extremely important for us. In fact, one of the most important scriptures in the book of Acts we're going to cover in this series. So let me pick up here at Acts chapter 20, verse 17. I want you to follow through. It's going to be a lot of scripture, but more scripture, more light. Amen? So verse 17 says, From Miletus, which was a city there on the coast in Turkey, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. He's talking about Paul. Sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church to come out to meet him. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. He's reminding them of that three years that he spent with them. Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me, by the plotting of the Jews. He's talking about the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders that were resisting the gospel, that were resisting Paul's message. 
these were the individuals, this was the force behind most of the persecution that, that Paul suffered from. And he goes on to say in verse 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. He's saying the Holy Spirit is constraining him to go, is, is dealing with him, is convicting with him to get to Jerusalem, okay? Not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Can we stop there for a minute? Now, this isn't the message, but I asked the Holy Spirit to give me insight that needed to be shared as we would go through this portion of Scripture. I want to read this to you again, and please don't check out on me. Because some of us have gotten so used to just hearing one or two scriptures that if it goes more than a paragraph, we go, <laughs> Listen to what Luke wrote that Paul said. He said, the Holy Spirit is, 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 is dealing with me to get to Jerusalem. I don't know what's going to happen to me there. Verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulation await me. Now, if you go back, you'll see that at least at one incidents recorded for us where somebody, a prophet of God, gave a message to Paul saying that you're going to go to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound in chains, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a good thing. Now obviously that message was repeated from city to city that Paul went to. Now that's one of the ways that God confirms things within our heart, okay? You may hear something on the inside that the Holy Spirit's given you direction about, and sometimes the best thing you could do is to keep your mouth shut, not go bragging, not go telling people, this is what the Holy Spirit's telling me, this is what the Holy Spirit's showing me, and wait for God to confirm that direction. Okay? I can think of many, many instances where, where things like this would happen, where the Spirit of God would begin to deal with me, or maybe my wife, or maybe somebody on staff, and then, and then you would see a confirmation come where somebody else would say, hey, listen, I think the Holy Spirit, I think the Spirit of God is saying this or saying that, and it kind of confirms it, okay? Now, he said, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. This is something that we have to train ourselves to receive. Because the fact of the matter is, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would show us things to come. And we automatically assume that it's always going to be good things. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will show you things to come that are not good to prepare your heart. Are you listening to me? Now, I know we don't like to hear this because we want to think, no, the Holy Spirit's like the fairy godmother just comes, is only going to do good, only going to put coins underneath your, you know, your, your, your pillow like the tooth fairy. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit knows what's gonna happen in the future. And many times we'll begin to prepare you ahead of time. One of, the, one of the, the best illustrations I can give you or examples of this was when the church, we celebrated our fourth anniversary. Now that would have been 17 years ago. And we were at that time meeting at the high school on Chambers Road. As I was going from the hallway outside, if any of you remember, we were there for Christmas and. Uh, you remember we had you know, the, the Christmas service there, and there's that long hallway that kind of wraps around 
the auditorium there. I was in the front part of that. And as I was heading for the door, because we we're about to start service, as I put my hand on the door, I heard this. Gird yourself up. And I, I don't like when he says, gird yourself up. Because there's been other times in my life that he told me, gird yourself up. The first time he told me to gird myself up was about six years before that. No, about seven or eight years before that. And said, gird yourself up. Told me that my health was going to be attacked. And it didn't it happen about a month later. So when I heard gird myself up, I was like, oh, no, no, let's not go through this route again. Uh, but he said this to me. You're going to begin to experience that which other churches experience. Up until this point, this is the Spirit of God said this to me, very, as if someone was standing next to me. I heard on the inside. Up until this point, I have protected you. However, now you need to experience what most churches experience, but don't be concerned. I'm going to walk you through it, and everything's going to be okay. You see what I'm saying here? The Holy Spirit showed me something that I really wasn't crazy about. But when the things then begin to happen, you then remember on the inside, okay, well, the Lord knew about this. This wasn't a surprise to him. He already showed me this was going to happen. He told me to strengthen myself, to gird myself up. In other words, you know, get yourself together because this is what you're going to go through. But I'm with you and I'm going to walk you through this and you're going to be okay. So, so I'm saying this and I'm stopping here because what if Paul was the type of person that said, no, I, I don't receive that because it's bad news. And many times we miss out on a preparation that the Spirit of God is wanting to deposit in your heart because he knows what's coming. Do you think he knows what's going to happen tomorrow? You think he knows next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now? He knows, right? In his mercy, he speaks to us in such a way to prepare things. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to many of my staff members and I said, uh, Spirit of God, show me something. Such and such a family, such and such a person. Keep an eye on this. Pray for the individuals, and sure enough, within 30 days, within a month, within two months, within a few months, bam, here it comes. Now, am I, I'm not telling you this to go, right, wow, our pastor is super spiritual. No, for me, that's part of the equipment of being a pastor. But you have an equipment as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, as, a, as a, just a man of God, a woman of God, you have the same equipment. It may be for a different purpose. But the Spirit of God wants us to be aware of the things that are happening in our lives. The Spirit of God doesn't want us ever to be caught by surprise. Amen. Are you listening to me tonight? And if we, if we listen, and if we're, we have an ear to hear, when something comes... If you're, if you're the type of person that does, doesn't like to hear anything negative, doesn't like to hear any bad news, doesn't want to, no, you may miss out on preparation. Now listen to me. Let's flip this to get some balance here. It does, don't always be looking for the doom and gloom. But just have the type of, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Set yourself up in such a way that you have this agreement with the Holy Spirit to say, listen, if there's something that's coming that I need to know about, please show me. But even more importantly, please prepare me. There is a grace to prepare us. Paul is about to go through some major things in his life. However, 
I guarantee you, when he got to Jerusalem, and if you read the rest of the book of Acts, you'll see how this all unfolds. Everything he said exactly comes to pass. But I have to think that when Paul was being seized in the temple in Jerusalem, which eventually happened, and he's being dragged up these steps to where the Roman fortress was, and he's about to be questioned and questioned more by the means of being whipped and tortured, things like this, I'd have to believe on the inside, he must have been saying, the Holy Ghost showed me this. The Holy Spirit told me this was going to happen. And so I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. It's going to work out okay. Why? Because we had advance notice. Listen, church, this isn't the message for tonight, but I feel like I need to, to share this. You have inside information from the Holy Spirit of God. And if you'll, again, if you will set yourself in such a way I, picture it this way. If you live your life like this, w- what's going on? What do you have? What's happening? What am I going to be facing? What, am I, what should I be preparing for? What's, what's coming up? Not necessarily always bad, but bad and good. What's coming up? What challenges are going to be coming? Are, are you listening to me tonight? He doesn't want us caught by surprise because let me tell you something. If you'll think back in your life, I know I can, I can think back in mine, the biggest mistakes you will ever make is when you have to make a decision in the midst of something that has taken you just totally by surprise, something that's come at you at a left field that you never expected to happen. And then in the midst of that shock, in the midst, in the midst of that, that just being bound up in emotions, if you make a decision at that point in time, you're probably going to make the wrong one. Amen? Yeah. So let's say this together. Thank you, Father. I never have to be taken by surprise. I've got inside information. Your Holy Spirit lives in me and speaks to me and prepares me. So I welcome that. I welcome your grace. I welcome your empowerment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now look at verse 24. Proves the point. And this is what Paul's saying after he just made this declaration. Look, I got to go to Jerusalem. I know the Holy Spirit's drawing me there. But I know, you know, things are not going to be good there. Look at verse 24. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. So for what reason? So that I may finish my race with what? Joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now let's continue in verse 25. I still got a bunch of stuff to read here. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Now, he believes at this point in time, he's never going to see them again. He believes that because of what he's been shown and what's going to happen in Jerusalem, that this is the end of his life. In fact, it is not. But he thinks it is. So he's conducting himself in such a way that he's going to now Just like Jesus at the Last Supper, Paul now, his desire is to equip his followers so that when he's gone off the scene, they will continue the work of the ministry. You follow me here? So, verse 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, I have done my best to make sure that everyone that I've ever encountered has heard the truth about salvation. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. Not just that which is comfortable. 
Verse 28, therefore take heed to yourselves, and I want you to pay attention to this here because there's another real deep truth that's revealed here. Therefore take heed to yourselves. Now, mind you, he's talking to pastors. He's talking to ministers of the gospel, all right? To, and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God, look at this, look at this, which he purchased with what? Read it with me. His with his own blood. Wait a second. To shepherd the church of God, which he, God, purchased with his own blood. Let me ask you this question. Which manifestation of God had blood to shed? What is this verse telling us? Jesus is God. This, this verse here proves the divinity of Jesus Christ. Okay? And that's important for us to know because you guys, and you know, we all come in contact with people that are being taught Jesus was not God. Jesus, there is no Trinity. Okay? So, for I know this, verse 29, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, and, draw, and to draw away the disciples after themselves. It's still going on today. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Verse 32. This is the foundational scripture of this series. So now, brethren... Now watch this. He's, he's, he's covered all his bases. He's reminded them of everything he's taught them. He's, he's warned them ahead of time of what awaits him in Jerusalem. And so now the final wrap-up is this. It's like Jesus said, this is my body which is given for you. This is my blood. Here, this is going to strengthen you. This is going to empower you. This is going to take you into the future. That when I'm gone, you will have these, these symbols to hold on to. You remember he said, do this in remembrance of me? Paul now is giving them his final send-off and final blessing. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to what? To the word of his grace, which is able to do what? Build you up and give you a what? An inheritance among all those that are sanctified. Church, there's an inheritance that is stored up for you and I. Some of us have walked in in some glimpses of it, when you stepped into salvation, when you received salvation, that was kind of like the very beginning of this process. But there is a, an inheritance that should be unfolding in our lives on a daily basis. That inheritance should be revealing certain things to you. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm probably on two weeks from now, but I'm just, I just want to just kind of give you a little bit of an appetizer. You should and I should every day be discovering another facet of this inheritance. When I got born again, I stepped into an inheritance. I, stepped, I qualified now as a son, a child of God to partake in this inheritance. I only knew the very, very beginnings of that inheritance. I knew I'm not going to hell anymore. I don't have to live oppressed, depressed, demon-possessed on this earth anymore. And so now as I began to get into the word of God, as I continued to attend the church that, that I got born again in, I start to understand and reveal, and the Lord reveal more and more and more. And so then the natural process for the way most people operate, it doesn't have to happen with everyone, is you get born again. You're stepping in now. You're, you're a child now. So it's like you're sitting at the lawyer's desk, and he's saying to you, your father has left you an inheritance. 
and he's gonna begin to reveal that to you, begin to read it to you. It may tell you, now there's certain things you're gonna need to do to qualify for the rest of this inheritance now that you're in the family. Okay, and so for me, the next step was, got born again in April the 25th, 1984, and then around August of that year, I started feeling this pull. Like, I'm hearing about this thing, this baptism of the Holy Spirit thing. And, and it was like I would see, because the first Sunday I went to the church that I got saved in, there's people talking all these different languages, and I'm like, I never heard that one before. And I never heard that one before. And people are raising their hands. And you know, then I, I hear them stop talking that language and they're talking regular English like, like normal people. So I'm like, oh wow, this is pretty cool. I wonder what language that is and I wonder what language that was. And it wasn't a short time that went by, it wasn't very long that went by that I realized, oh wait a second, this is a supernatural thing. Well, if this is a supernatural thing and I am now a resident and member of a family of a supernatural God, then I must need that. That must be part of my inheritance. And so around August of that year, middle of August, late August that year, I have this dream. And in this dream, I'm speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in unknown languages. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool, but now I'd like to do it awake. You know? <laughs> and so I don't remember if it was a week or so that I went by. And, and it was on a Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget it. We had a, a really bad storm. For some reason, my wife was up North Jersey with her family and I was home uh, by myself and, and at that time we had a business in town and the business we used to close at like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. So I came home and you know, I would go to church during the week. I couldn't go to church on, on Sunday then because I had my own business and, and that would change soon. And so uh, on the way home, I'm, I'm occupied and, and, and the, the, the roads were flooded. We lived in this neighborhood right back here and I'll never forget driving home, pulled into the driveway and I thought to myself, this is gonna be the day. This is gonna be the day that I'm gonna step into the next, the next facet of this inheritance. And so I walked in the house and by myself, I got into our family room and I just started, I just lifted my hands up and just started praising God, just started worshiping God, and you know, obviously in English, my own language, and then all of a sudden, bam, here it comes. It's like, it's like all of a sudden the, the ceiling opened up and like this, this waterfall, like this, like, like in other words, if they had, if we had, now this was a ranch, there was nobody upstairs, but it would be as if there was a, like a bathtub upstairs that broke and all of a sudden it's just, now it's not a good thing, but you know, picture it, and, and all of a sudden like all this water's just flooding, and it just went shoo, and it just, it just hit. And it just hit, it just hit. Now that's not everybody's experience, and I know of other people who've had very, very, even much more dramatic experiences than that, but what happened? I'm bringing that out to you to show you there is an inheritance, and we don't have it all yet. And obviously the fulfillment of this inheritance is going to be when we stand before Jesus. But don't get satisfied with what you've experienced now. Do not get satisfied. And don't take the self-pity thing like, well, you know, I'm just, just a weak old worm in the dust and I'm just satisfied to get to heaven. Well, God's not. God's not satisfied for you to just get to heaven. God will be satisfied when you walk in the fullness of the inheritance that is set aside for those who are sanctified. What does that word mean, sanctified? Set apart. And you, when you got born again, you stepped into a family of individuals that is set apart. Now, we're still living here on this earth, and we will be until we, either Jesus comes back or we take our last breath. 
But there is much more that we should be experiencing. There's much more. And honestly, we should never be satisfied. We should never just plant a stake and say, well, that's it. This is as far as I'm going. That's the way it is, and that's how it's going to be. No, 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 no. There's so much more. And if you'll be real honest with yourself, you will either acknowledge that you're in this season already, or you will remember a time that you have been where you knew that the Holy Spirit was drawing you. You might have come to this church because you knew the Holy Spirit was drawing you to to get more. The Holy Spirit was drawing you because you were hungry and you were thirsty, and he was beginning to lead you. You see what I'm saying? And this might not be the end of the road, okay? There might be other things he wants to show you. There might be other things, might be other places he wants to take you. There might be other experiences in the unfolding of and the revealing of that inheritance. What am I saying? Don't be satisfied. Paul taught this. He said, I'm content, but I'm not satisfied. Be content where you are, but don't be satisfied. There's always more. Now, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to, say it with me, the word of his what? Grace. And now, which is, which that word of his grace, he's saying, is able to do what? Build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice, that, notice the emphasis here. His parting blessing is found in verse 32. He, everything he said in this chapter leads up to verse 32. Paul is saying to them, I've been here for three years with you. I've been teaching you sometimes night and day, and you can read that as you read in Acts chapter 19 and, and leading up to this. He's saying, but the best thing I can give you, watch this now, please. The best thing I can give you, Paul's saying, before I leave is this. I now turn you over to God. I commend you to him. Why would he say this? He's saying this because Paul obviously felt that he had done everything he could to equip those individuals. And remember, he's talking to pastors. He's talking to leaders. He's talking to to Christians that obviously been in that thing for a couple years. And he's saying to them, I believe that you now have enough of a relationship with God yourself that you should be able to take it from here And you should be able to hear from him yourself. You should be able to receive from him yourself. You should be able to go to him yourself and enjoy a great intimate relationship. And church, we should be at that place. We should be, well, pastor, you know, I I only got saved recently this past year or so. We're not in the early church. We're in the latter church. And in the day and age that we live in right now and have been for many decades, the Holy Spirit is doing things very quickly. It's not like it was back then. It's not even like it was 100 years ago. It's not even like it was 30 years ago when I first got born again. Today, things are accelerating. Why? Because we are very quickly approaching the end of this whole thing. Now, when I say end, don't get nervous. What I really want to say is we are very quickly approaching the fulfillment of the age that we're living in right now. You listening to me? It should get exciting. You should be excited. We're living in days that the prophets thousands of years ago wished they could have lived in. We're living in days. Could you imagine? Now watch this now. Let me just give you, maybe put it into context here. Can you imagine a resident of Jerusalem that 2,000 years ago was chased out of that city with a Roman soldier behind them with a sword? 
And, and they would not be able to even set foot in that city for hundreds of years afterward. Could you imagine what that person would have thought if they were here on earth this, this week seeing what just took place in Jerusalem with the United States of America, the most powerful nation on the earth, finally having the guts, somebody finally having the guts to say, we don't care what world opinion is. We don't care what this nation says. We don't care what the United Nations says. We don't care what Russia says. That nation deserves to name their own capital, and we stand before them and with them. Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Do you understand? Do you understand? Don't, don't fall into the stupidity that many people are falling into. It's not a political statement. That was a fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus announced before he left this planet that Jerusalem would be, would be, in common language, stepped all over on by non-believers until that season was over. And then Jerusalem would be once again returned into spotlight. And it has. Not just this week. It started many, many decades ago. But this is one more piece of the puzzle. And where is it heading? There needs to be a temple built in Jerusalem to fulfill these last times. When Jesus returns, he needs to return to a Jerusalem that has a temple that's standing in the place where it was when he was here the last time. He needs to stand on the Mount of Olives from where he left 2,000 years ago. And he needs to be able to look across that valley between the Mount of Olives and Jerusalem and be able to see that temple standing. And this, what happened this week, is one more step towards the process of that temple being in existence. Understand the times that you're living in. And why did I say all that? To dazzle you with some historical facts? Absolutely not. I said all that to do this to give you an incentive on the inside to never say, well, you know, I've only been saved this long and I've only been saved that long. You know, I'm not like pastor, been saved all these decades. I'm not like so-and-so or that person or this person or the other person. Stop thinking that way. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is doing a quick work in his believers. Are you, are you listening? So now, I, brethren, I commend you to God. Is there any better place to be? Commend it to God and to the word of his grace. The word of God will always bring grace to you if you allow it to. But you have to be a student. You have to know what it says. Why? Because it's able to build you up. How, is it, how are you going to get built up if you're not allowing the word of God to come into your soul? If you're not allowing the word of God, if you're not spending time in that word. If you're not, and lately, I, I've had this renewed hunger to, to get back and to, and to start studying things and to approach it as if it's the first time I'm reading it. It's able to build us up. But more importantly, if I could say it that way without diminishing the importance, it's able to give you an inheritance. In other words, the inheritance is there. The, the file is already assembled. It's sitting on the lawyer's desk. Your name is in it. But if you don't present yourself and say, listen, I, I want to I read this last will and testament for myself. I want to see for myself what my father has left me, what my father has empowered me with. What resources has he left to me? 
What, what, what is there that he has left for me that it would bless his heart for me to possess, to walk in, to distribute? Are you listening? Stop settling for crumbs. It's never been God's will and his desire for his children to just eat the little crumbs. His desire is that we would jump in and just take hold of everything that Jesus died on the cross for you and I to possess. So for what reason? So that we can walk around like we're such spiritual giants? No. There is a world outside that is dying, that is desperate for hope, that is desperate, that desperately needs to hear the truth of the word of God, that God loves them, that God's not mad at them anymore, that God has already taken the punishment that you and I deserved and placed it on his own son. There is a world out there that is full of all kinds of crazy ideas and none of them are true. And they are only gonna hear it when someone who has already possessed their inheritance is gonna be able to go and bring that to them. It is not about you, it is not about me, it is about them. That's what we're here for. I know that excites you. So, Paul has no other and no better resource to give them but the word of God. He calls it the word of grace. Grace, the gift that's freely given. An empowerment to accomplish what normally would be impossible. Paul says this word is able to do so much more for you than we originally understood. We can learn a lot from this portion of scripture, from this particular verse here. We can learn so much can learn so much. It is God's will for us to possess the word of his grace. It is God's will for us to possess the inheritance that we have stepped into when we became part of this group of individuals that God has set apart from this earth and said, these are my chosen ones. These are the ones that I'm going to work through. These are the ones that I'm going to speak through. These are the ones that I'm going to heal through. These are the ones that I'm going to deliver through. These are the ones that are going to represent me on this earth. These are the ones that this inheritance belongs to. And notice, again, I need you to come back to this central truth. God never gives us anything for just us. Never, never. He always gives us what somebody else needs. Always. He's going to empower you. He's going to, if you're, if you're hurting, he's going to comfort you. If you're wounded, he's going to heal you. If you're confused, he's going to give you peace. If you need direction, he's going to give you direction. But you will find out that it's always going to be, you're going to enjoy it, and you're going to be affected by it, but it never stops with you. It is always for someone else. That's why, have you ever said, had a situation come up where you think somebody comes up to you and they start telling you a story and you go, oh my God, I just went through this. Let me tell you how God, what God did it for me. And sometimes, sometimes it won't happen the following week. Sometimes it may happen years later. When we were in Bible school back in 96, 97, 95, 96, 97, at one point in there, and I, I, I don't remember exactly what point in the, in, the, in the process, what year it was, but I think we had been out there for quite a while. I had a dream one night. And it was the most real, and honestly, it wasn't really a dream. It was more like when Paul said that, you remember when Paul said, I know a man who had this experience and was taken to heaven. I really truly believe I had a similar experience there. Maybe not to that extent, but I had a similar experience. In this dream, it was so real. I'm standing in, in this dream, and I'm, I'm standing, and I can't see beyond like this white cloud around. And my sons are standing here. 
my son Joe, my son Michael, my son Mark, my son David. And there's a young man standing next to me, and I, and I remember turning, looking at him, and the most beautiful blue eyes, beautiful dark brown hair, just a very, very handsome young man. And as I looked to him, he pointed to the four of them and said, and pointed actually to Michael, and said, you keep saying that he's your second son. However, I'm your second son. And I went, in the dream, I remember just feeling this, this impact on because we had lost a child between Joe and Michael. I woke up the next day and I said to him, I couldn't move. I, I laid on the couch the entire day. And all I could feel was that young man, because he had put his head on my, on my chest here. And for that entire day, I could still feel the warmth of that. Now, this was years. This was 90, let's say it was 96, right in the middle. That miscarriage had taken place in 83. Yeah, the year before I got saved, on Thanksgiving Day. And it, it completely just propelled me into the worst time of my life because in my ignorance, the enemy came and planted a seed of a lie in my heart and said, God took this baby because you are such a horrible father and you're such a horrible person and that's why God took this child. And I believed that. I believed it at that time. So I wake up the next day and again, I laid the entire day on the couch and just kept feeling that warmth here and kept thinking of the experience that I just had. And I couldn't help but think like, God, why now? After all these years, well, about a week later, I get a phone call from a family here in New Jersey. We're in Tulsa. Individuals that we knew from the church that we had, had, had left from to go to Tulsa. And uh, we, had, we were good friends with this young couple. And she, she called me up and she's crying and she said, uh, I, I just felt like I needed to call you. for well, I don't know why, but I'm calling you to tell you that we had a miscarriage. And I said, now I know why. Now I know why. And I began to tell her that dream. And I said, listen, you're going to see that child one day. I don't know if it's a girl, if it was a boy. But you're going to see that child. And it, there's, I know there's probably somebody here tonight that needs to hear this. You're going to see that child. That child didn't cease to exist. That child has been raised in heaven. And I, there's, I'll be truthful with you, there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about that experience. When, when, when times when <laughs> maybe I don't conduct myself the way I should, thinking, oh man, I hope he's not watching. <laughs> what, what must he think about his father right now? Are you listening to me, church? Everything you and I get is just somebody else. You and I need to possess our inheritance because there's somebody out there that needs to be affected by what you're going to step into. Are you listening? You're going to come back next week? This is just the appetizer. Seriously, this is going to be a very powerful series. These next few weeks, we're going to step into a revelation of the Word of God like we haven't had before. But we're going to talk about what is included in this inheritance. I don't know about you, but I'd be very excited. If I got a call tomorrow morning and said, listen, you had an uncle that lived in such and such a place that you never met, and guess what? He was this billionaire industrialist, and he left everything to you. Um, when can you get to the office? I say, I'll be there before you hang up the phone. 
Yes or no? Let's have that same attitude. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.